from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Beginnings matter. How you start something determines how it's going to end. If you don't start right, you're going to end wrong. Now, let me tell you what I mean. If you were to start a journey, and you were to start this journey just one degree off course, you would not reach your destination. Just one degree. One degree off course, after one foot, you'd be 0.2 inches off. After 100 yards, you'd be 5.2 feet off. After a mile, you'd be 92.2 feet off course. If you were starting a journey and you're just one degree off and you're going from San Francisco to Los Angeles, you'd be six miles off course. From San Francisco to Washington, D.C., you'd end up in Baltimore. 40 miles off course. And if you were starting a journey to the moon on a rocket ship, just one degree off trajectory, you would end up 4,169 miles off course. See, starting off wrong takes you down a road, takes you down a path, it takes you out of your way off course on the wrong trajectory. And the further and the further that you go, the further and the further you end up off course. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this in his book, Mere Christianity. Lewis writes this, he says, we all want progress, but progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be. And if you've taken a wrong turn, then going forward does not get you any nearer. If you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn, walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. If you start off wrong, you're not going to end up right unless something takes you from that wrong road and puts you back on the right road, takes you off that wrong trajectory and puts you back on course. And we hear about this same idea uh, on a different subject. We hear about this in Romans chapter 5 about how humanity, you and me, all human creatures, starting with Adam, have been off course. Uh, We've been reading through the book of Romans this summer, and here we are, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Sin came into the world through one man. Uh, Humanity began with Adam. Uh, God took some dust of the earth, and he lovingly and carefully scooped it up, and God breathed the breath of life into this mere simple dust. But he took it from something ordinary, made it something extraordinary, living, breathing human creature, Adam. And even though he had humble origins, just dust of the earth, but God took him and God made him into something perfect and great, made in the image of God. Adam was right. Adam was good. God put him right where he needed to be, in the garden. And God gave him meaningful work to do. 
to have dominion over creation, to have stewardship, to, to take care of God's garden, to take care of God's other creatures. God didn't just make Adam so that he could survive, but God made Adam so he could thrive in that place, right on track, right on target, right where he needed to be. He had food, companionship, he had meaningful work to do, he had the presence of God, he had it all. God made Adam right. But Adam went wrong. Rather than choosing the path that God had given him, Adam chose his own path. Uh, He trespassed. He sinned. He didn't just go off one degree off course, but instead Adam went way off course, diving into rebellion, diving into his own way as opposed to God's way. And what happened when Adam did this is he brought it all down with him. He took humanity and he bent it off course so that Adam and Eve Cain and Abel, the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, down, 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 down to you and to me. We're all off course, off track, bent away from God. If you look to your left, if you look to your right, go ahead and do it right now. You're looking at a sinner. If you look in the mirror, you're looking at a sinner. Tracing ourselves all the way back to Adam, our first father, our first parent. Uh, We are part of this long lineage of humanity that's off course, that's on this trajectory of sin. And because we're part of this trajectory of sin, bent away from God, everything inside of us is a little crooked. It's not quite true. It's not exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, Because we're on this trajectory of sin, off course, off target, our passions are misaligned. The things that God gave us, the passions that God gave us are bent away. They're crooked. They're not what they were made to be. Uh, We have these misaligned passions. Uh, See, God gave us a passion for worship. God made us for worship. But instead, sin has come in, and sin has twisted that. So that now we worship all the wrong things. Rather than worshiping the true God, we worship power, health, beauty, wealth. We worship careers, sports, accomplishments. We worship our families, our children. We worship all the wrong things because we have this misaligned passion. God gave us hearts that were made for love, for, for perfect, good love. But instead, sin has bent that. Rather than having hearts that love our spouses, we have hearts that are full of lust for other people. Uh, Rather than having hearts that are, are, are made for loving our children, sacrificing for our children, we have hearts that are short tempered, angry, loving our children with conditional love rather than unconditional love. We have hearts that that rather than putting our neighbors before ourselves, we say, I'm first. God made you with a mind to be creative. But instead, we create our own kingdoms rather than rejoicing in the kingdom that God has given us, his kingdom. Uh, We create opportunities for our own advancement, our own benefit, rather than creating opportunities 
for our neighbors to thrive. Your hands, God made those hands for the benefit of other people, but instead we use those hands and we push people down, we keep them down rather than pulling them up. We use those hands to grab more rather than give. Because of sin, because we're on this trajectory off course, going further and further and further off course with every generation, because of that, the passions God has given to us, they're not right. They're wrong. And as you hear about this, as I think about all this, I don't know about you, but I have a question of how? How do we get back? How do we go from way off course not just one degree, but way off course. How do we go from that to the right trajectory? How do we get off this path of sin onto a path of life and holiness and perfection? How do we go from one to the other? Well, thankfully, God makes that overwhelmingly clear to us. This is Romans chapter 5. This is verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. You see, in Christ Jesus, God has gone to the source of the problem, humanity. God has gone to the source of the problem, humanity. God took on human flesh. God stepped into a broken creation in Christ Jesus. And what he's done is he's broken that long lineage of brokenness. Going all the way back to Adam, that long line of sinners, God stepped into that and broke it through the cross, through the empty tomb, in and through Christ Jesus. He's the second Adam. He's the perfect Adam, the better Adam. He's the Adam who didn't go off course. He's the Adam who didn't waver, who didn't deviate, who didn't fall to temptation. Jesus Christ is the second Adam, the perfect Adam. And through faith in him, you are taken from that line of the old Adam and you're put on a new line, a new trajectory, a new path. That of the second Adam, that of Jesus Christ. And that changes everything. That doesn't just change your future, but being brought on this trajectory of grace, that changes right this very moment. That changes today, tomorrow, forever and ever. Uh, and Paul tells us what it looks like to be taken off this wrong course and put on this right course, how that changes our world. Uh, this is Romans 5, and this is verses 1 through 5. Paul telling us what it looks like to be in Christ Jesus on this path of grace. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit 
who's been given to us. Paul's given you a glimpse at what it looks like to be on course, on track, reoriented in Jesus. And I want to look through this. I want to highlight a couple of the things that Paul points out to us as we think about what it means to be reoriented in Jesus. The first one, peace. Peace. He says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being reoriented in Jesus means that you have peace in your life right now. Let's be honest, we live in a world of chaos, of global chaos, of national chaos. We live in a world where there's chaos in our homes, in our office place, in our school, in our neighborhoods, in our community. There's chaos everywhere, but God says, you're not on that road. You're not pointed in the direction of chaos, but you're pointed in the way of peace. And because of that, your life has abundant peace. The first thing, first thing is peace. The second, joy. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Knowing Jesus brings you joy. But you see, joy and happiness are not the same thing. We use them interchangeably. We use them as if they're, they're synonyms, but they're not. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is occasional. Happiness depends on the present moment, the present circumstances. If it's sunshiny and the birds are chirping, there's happiness. If the clouds come in, the rain starts falling, that happiness evaporates. But joy is different. Because you are in Christ Jesus, you have joy, which endures through suffering, which endures through pain and hardship, because you know you're not pointed the wrong way. But you have joy knowing that there is future glory for you and all God's people in the kingdom of God. We have joy. Endurance. Endurance. Suffering produces endurance. A being reoriented in Jesus does not mean you are on a path that is easy, a path that is smooth sailing, a path that is free from rocks and valleys. No, it's exactly the opposite. This trajectory of grace, being ripped off this, this path of sin onto this path of grace, that means that your life might be hard. Following Jesus is not always an easy road, but we have endurance through that. Because we know that God is going with us, that God is leading us in this way. That we have endurance through good times and bad times, not our own endurance, but a God-given endurance even in the midst of suffering. Character. Because you're on this path of grace, we have character. Endurance produces character. Uh, Being put on this trajectory of grace means that you're not like the rest of the world. It means that God is at work in you, transforming your life, changing your life, uh, shaping your life from that old Adam to life in the new Adam, Jesus Christ. And it's a constant daily work of the Holy Spirit producing character in you. Uh, One image you can think of is like an athlete, an athlete preparing for a race, And the athlete starts out 
and he or she is not able to go very far, not able to, 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 to go many miles, but after training and training and training and preparation, they're able to complete the race. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and me. Building character through struggles, through suffering, through hardship, taking us from the life of the old Adam to the life in the new Adam, Jesus. Hope. Character produces hope. Being reoriented in Jesus means that your life has hope. That you have confidence in Jesus, that you have assurance in Jesus. This isn't hope like, I hope it might happen someday, but this is confidence and assurance knowing that it will happen. That your future is secure in Christ Jesus. As you think about confidence, uh, we talk in our culture about being overly confident, right? That somebody is overly confident if they have more confidence than they ought to, right? Reality doesn't match their confidence. But you see, in Christ Jesus, you cannot be overly confident. Because no matter how much confidence you have in him, he lives up to that reality, that our confidence is in the reality of the empty tomb. Our confidence is in the reality of the risen Jesus. Our confidence is in the reality of the eyewitnesses who have seen him. Our confidence is in the reality of the promises of God and his word. You can put all your confidence in him and he will not disappoint. Your life has hope because you are reoriented in Jesus. And finally, Love. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Going from this trajectory of sin to this trajectory of grace, being taken off course and put on course means that you now have love, but it's not false love. It's not fake love. It's not twisted love, but it's the love of God given to you through the Holy Spirit that you know your Savior, that you have access to your Creator through Christ Jesus. That means that you have love in your life, today, tomorrow, forever. This is most certainly true. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.